Hey, Road Trippin' fans, Amish t-shirts are as ferocious as the dunks or bangouts Richard and Channing throw down from time to time, and their softness can't even be matched. Amish has been turning back the clock with throwback tees for years. From the NBA to the ultimate warrior, you know, the tee that LeBron wore on the plane after leading the Cavs to its first title the city had seen in over 50 years. Well, Amish tells the stories of triumph, individualism, and hustle, preserving the old school and creating new legacies. Go to Amage.com, that's H-O-M-A-G-E, and pay homage with your favorite tee. Be sure to check out the NBA GM tees and one exclusively made for me and you. Better yet, three other tees designed specific to the road tripping fam you'll want to check out. We're road tripping at homage.com. On this edition of Road Trippin', Brooke and Evan are joined by the Blazers point guard, the one and only Damian Lillard, and they waste no time. From talking about how much their moms mean to them, shout out to all the moms out there. Shout out also to Little Leg. Guys, ET has the 411 on this story, and trust me, you'll want to hear about Little Leg. They also get into the why to Damian and his involvement with his anti-bullying campaign, and Road Trippin' fam, listen up. This story is all too real, and Dame's mission is everything. The trio also talk about if the guys really were nervous coming into the league, how they handle social media trolls and clapping back, and as if we have never talked about it before, it continues. Anyone have time for some conspiracy theories? Hey, it's another great episode in the books, and I'm excited for y'all to hear it for yourself. So, Evan, Dame, Brooke, take it away. Thank you so much, Allie Girl. Welcome, guys, back to another edition of Road Trippin'. Uh, this is a special one. I mean, always with E.T. It's always special. He's a special human being. Duh. Duh. <laughs> but we have the one and only Damian Lillard on this morning, which is kind of fun. Yeah, thanks for uh, boosting our views, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we need the Instagram repost everything. So. Yeah, that's yeah. really why you're on here. We this is where the ads come in. <laughs> Glad I could bring some to the table. Well, so yeah. speaking of, we were just chatting. I'm like beside myself. I had to stop everyone from talking because it was so good. I'm like, let's save this for the podcast. I was talking about how I went to Washington State University. Proud Coug, through and through. Family, my, my mom went there. It's a big thing. And Dame just sort of drops, oh, yeah, I almost went there. I'm like, what? Yeah. So if you could please, before we, like, usually we, like, kind of warm up. Yeah, but I'm, like, but hot about this right now. Yeah, so no. I need okay. you to tell the story because you could have so, been a fellow Coug, and I'm so mm-hmm. mad. So when I was in the 10th grade, they had a team camp. And, like, I got, like, a form in the mail. My dad was like, you want to go? And I was like, yeah, let's go. I wasn't getting recruited at the time. And we, like, flew up there, paid for our own stuff, me, him, and one of my AU teammates. We did like the camp in the morning, did all the stuff, the lunch, all the stuff that they provide when you pay the camp. And um, I was just like killing at camp the whole time. So they invited me to come back at night. Came back at night and it was like a bunch of like ranked players. Like they was all like the best players. They wasn't there during the day. And um, we just played pickup and I was like killing in the pickup games. Like I was playing well. And they basically started recruiting me. They was like asking me a bunch of questions after that asking for my info, but then um, they basically wanted me to reclassify to 2009. 
and I graduated high school early, so they was like, yeah, you can go back. And my dad was like, that's out. So, <laughs> Can you believe that? They wanted, I don't didn't. even understand that. So they wanted you to reclassify because, so what I'm guessing is that they had enough recruits that year that they're like, we need, we'll, we'll take you, but you got to come in next year. It's a good chance that's what it was. Yeah, scholarships or whatever. Sure. Didn't have enough scholarships or whatever. Clay Thompson graduated the same year as me, so I'm pretty sure they wasn't going to put that scholarship off of me. What if you – oh, my gosh. Okay, so just allow me this moment to just – because we're a football school, right? Kind of. No, Oregon State's the best at baseball. No, Oregon State's At that time, they were really good. They had, like, Derek Lowe and Taylor Rochesky. I loved Derek Who's that white shooter? Derek Lowe. Derek Lowe. Yes. He's from Hawaii. Kyle Weaver was the best. I loved Kyle Weaver. Yes, Kyle Weaver was a very he good He played for OKC. Mm-hmm. Kyle Weaver was real cool. He, he was white, a black right? dude with braids. Okay. No, Kyle Weaver was black. Oh, I know Weaver. I know yeah, Weaver. Weaver. There was a white boy that could shoot real It was Taylor Rochester. That was Derek Lowe. Okay. He was like the shooter shooter. He had a ponytail. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, so I'm they just imagining. They also had Aaron Baines. And Aaron Baines. Oh, snap. Shout yes. out to Aaron Baines, That was man. like our <laughs> the highlight of our basketball Like all of those life. dudes was on the team when I was like at camp. And you could have been on that team. Like Taylor Rochester was like. That one of the camp coaches in the daytime, and I was like, "This dude, the same size as me, almost like, if he played one on one, I could probably get with this dude." Are you so. joking? I love Taylor Rochester. You could murder him. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real here. I'm just saying, like, What's I was ones like, like <laughs> for real, I was ready for whatever. Okay, so you could have been a coup, and I've I'm I've never known this until today, and I'll never truly get over it. But thank you yeah. for sharing. So that, so then, of course, you know, the Weber State that that became. So you went to a different WSU. Yep. <laughs> Basically. Oh my gosh! What, what, Et, what was your recruiting situation like? It wasn't like that. <laughs> Much <laughs> smoother. <laughs> no, nah, it was. Uh, when I was 16, I got offered by uh, Southern Illinois, so that was like the year they went to like the Sweet 16 and all that. Mm-hmm. So I was. Um, obviously, I was excited about that. So my whole thing was like, man, I'll just go to Southern if, if you know, if all mm-hmm. fails. And then I went to go play AAU and um, with the Illinois Wolves. And from there, I went into my junior year, and I had, like, fortunate, fortunate enough to get, like, every Big Ten offer. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to go to NC State originally, and then Duke was recruiting me. But um, they recruited me, but they offered Kyle Singler from, uh, what, South Medford, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And he didn't commit <laughs> to, like, to, like, October of our senior year. So if you know that, that's, like, hella late. And then um, – I went to uh, I got I got offered like April of my junior year by the Ohio State the, the Ohio State and I committed like <laughs> I committed like late June and then that was pretty much it I, I got out the way I was I was fortunate I had like I mean no, it's okay yeah, you don't like, you, you yeah, can boast like, no I had like I had a lot of, I had like twenty five offers I, I had a lot too yeah 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 they were just Montana Montana <laughs> State. <laughs> Portland State, Portland. <laughs> I had a lot too, yeah. <laughs> they just were small school. Yeah, no, but it was it's crazy. I, I don't know, like, when you take the visits, I always felt like it's tough to make a decision in a certain sense because the like, only thing I cared about was, like, low-key free food, cable, <laughs> and then I get, like, 24-hour access to a gym. So it's like, shit, like, it's, this is butter <laughs> to me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's mm-hmm. all I cared about. And then, like, uh, you know, luckily I was able to meet up with some of the players at, like, NBA camp and all that stuff uh, in the summertime from, you know, the Buckeyes, and that's where I decided I wanted to make my decision to go to, and it, it worked out, you know what I'm saying? It's so. interesting to me, like, so I wonder how it molded both of you. Like, you went to a big school, you went to a small school, but both of them 
each of them respectively worked for you, right? Yeah. Because like you got a lot of where you were, but at the same time, I feel like you got, you know, we've talked about this, like a little yeah. chip on your shoulder because like people weren't paying attention to you and that kind of molded you into the player you are. So yeah. would you change it? I wouldn't change it. I think um, for me, it wasn't like, obviously I was going to work hard regardless. Like I always believed in myself. So I think those things gave me a chance regardless because I really felt like I was that good. I didn't need to build my confidence off the competition or nothing like that. I just knew how I felt about myself. But I think for me, you know, I had to, to work for everything. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of why I was able to still get to the league and do what I'm doing wasn't because of just those two things. I think it was, you know, my family, my upbringing, the kind of mm -hmm. person that I was raised to be. So I think um, in my opinion, some of that goes for him, too. When you have somebody go to a big school, sometimes they might be, you know, spoon-fed kind of as far as basketball, where it's mm -hmm. like everything's always going their way. Their family always kind of rolled them, like he going to the NBA type of thing. Mm -hmm. Whereas to I think somebody like him can go to a big school, and because of how he was raised and the kind of person he totally. was raised to be, it don't affect him the same as it might affect one of them. So I think that's why that route worked for him, and I think it's also why it – you know, worked out for me. Well, you've talked about that too, ET, that your family always kept you grounded. Like they oh, no, didn't let you course. get too, too big headed. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, like, no, of course, definitely was fortunate enough to have like that strong environment. You know, when I first got to Ohio State, the Ohio State, my, like, <laughs> the Ohio State. No, Weaver State. State. We're going to start calling it the Weaver, Weaver State. State. Man, no, nah, hey, <laughs> you can if you want. <laughs> but, uh, but no, People going to be like, what? What? Like, where, where is that at? Right. <laughs> but no, when I, when I, uh, when I first went to school, one thing I would have changed, I guess, like if I would have, I wish I would have adapted quicker. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I was really homesick or whatever. And uh, I remember uh, thinking about transferring. Really? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, hell yeah. It was like the first, like, <laughs> you know, you. I don't know about you, Damon. I definitely thought about yeah, it. Yeah, you don't play right away and stuff. You're like, no, hell no, I'm going home. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> this like, isn't fun. <laughs> yeah, so when it came down to it, I remember I got kicked out of practice. And, uh, Et. Yeah, I was. I wasn't always so poised and, and collected. <laughs> like but, you are now. Yeah, of course, right. <laughs> and I remember my mom came and talked to me, or whatever. And you know, Coach Mata, he he definitely was like, you know, we still want you here for sure and everything, but you have to be both feet in and everything. So I remember my mom come, come and speaking to me, and she, you know, just reminded me of like everything, you know, like I went through on top of like, you know, she gave me some like her testimonies of like, hey. If, if there were times where I, I felt slighted and I didn't want to, you know, go back to work or whatever else, that meant you sacrificed. Yeah, like, You know for what I'm sure. saying? That meant, like, I was letting you guys down. She's like, life isn't about that. It's about, you know, always bouncing back. And, you know, we used to always say hard work and perseverance brings great rewards. And that was, like, right through my freshman year. And I remember her and my brother came down and talked to me. And right then and there, I just left the room and went right back out into competing. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that was, that was pretty much it. And it worked out. But, uh. I want to actually cross over into you said your upbringing and everything. I don't know if you were there, Brooke, but oh. he had a license to Lillard, basically. You yeah. had your little. Oh, I, that was before. I know what you're talking no, about. License that. to Lillard, I had that when I entered the draft. Yeah. Before that, I had something called Dame's Diary. Ooh. Okay. In college, y'all can still find it on YouTube. Yeah. Like, <laughs> on YouTube, y'all laugh because I looked like a little kid. My face was chubby, <laughs> my haircut was messed up. The barber in Utah. Well, before I met my my final barber in Utah, I used to my final barber because <laughs> I finally found this dude Gilbert that I could actually cut. But before that, I was out there getting messed up. And you didn't know it until now. I ain't realized it now. I look, I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> what was the diary all about? Um, so I broke my foot my junior year, 
in the Big Sky conference, they was like, you know, we want to give you this flip camera. And it was like this little small camera. The flip camera was legit, though. It was a little <laughs> small camera, and it had like a little, you had a tripod that came with it. You could sit it up. Yeah. And they was like, we want you to, to document your, your comeback from your injury. So it was like basically me, like after surgery, it was me going to class. It was like. It's like an IG story back in the day. Exactly. Wow. And it like got, it was, people was following it for real. So. They was like, um, when I finally came back, they was like, all right, um, we want you to just keep doing it. So I like did my workouts and I just kept doing it. So it's like, it's still on YouTube. It was like a big thing. And then it moved on to License to Lillard. And then when I entered the draft, I started License to Lillard. Yeah. And then the thing you did with your boy Rashad, right? And then I I recently, I think you was there. I was there, it was awesome. Yeah, it was um, dope, yeah, dope. It was really good. It was like a, basically a relaunch for License to Lillard. I did a, a documentary the summer before last, just a making my second album, the training, my picnic, just basically like a look into my life, yep. like an update so we can go forward with License to Lillard. No, that was really good. I thought it was quite inspiring. And yeah. I loved just like the little shout outs from your family and yeah. the whole thing. I thought that was really cool because your family is, as yours is, such a big part of yeah. your life. And yeah. actually, that just leads me to your new shoe <laughs> for your mama. Yeah. Oh, um, snap. Which one was it? The uh, green one. Okay, okay. I, I need one of those. Pictures. I keep saying I need. I, I'm really. I I, I'm going to do it on air right now. I need a pair of those I got size you. seven. I got okay. you. Size seven. Size seven. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I've been trying to get them to do that for like some time. But it's always like after. Like a lot of that stuff is done so in advance mm -hmm. that when you finally like be like, all right, I want this. It's like too late for it to actually be on the shelves. It's like we can make it for you, but we can't sell it. So we finally got ahead of it and. You know, now she finally got her one. So why why did you want to do that for your mom? Um, just because I a lot of my shoes tell stories, mm -hmm. and I think um, for me, selling shoes and like connecting with fans, my way of doing that a lot of times through um, my shoes is telling stories that people can relate to and how they can connect with me outside of just being a fan of me scoring thirty points and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So. Um, you know, there's nobody in your life like your mom. For a lot of people, sure. some people don't have a mom, but um, for a lot of people, I think they, they would say the same. So um, just having that as a representation of her, you know, I think everybody, that's something everybody can connect with. Did she know you're doing it or was it a surprise? She didn't know it, but it wasn't a surprise either. I was just She's like. She's like, I've been waiting for this. I'm sure she would <laughs> say kidding. that. But is your for mom me, a crier? She don't seem like a crier. Your mom is a fun no, time, a Sally. It would take a lot yeah. for her to cry. Yeah. Like, but she more like she would laugh and brag about it. Yeah, like, for yeah, this sure. is my shoe. You know, she more that, <laughs> yeah. this my that's more that's more her. But it wasn't a surprise. I kind of just did it. Like yeah. it was something I wanted to do. She like it? Yeah, she did. I really like it. I, I, that's a question I have for both of you. Like, how important and how much credit do you give your moms for where you are right now? So everything. <laughs> I give my mom all the credit. Yeah, well, like, my dad. I got. I had a lot of family, but my mom get a lot of credit. Yeah, no, I, I think um, I always tell funny stories, just like, not funny stories, but like just some, some as little as like when I was a kid, my mom would be telling me like, well, you better get a scholarship because I can't afford college. <laughs> yeah. But I'm five or six, and she would always just be like, yo, like you're going to college, you're going to college. Or when she would like teach me how to take the bus or wake me up in the morning and drive me to different schools mm -hmm. in like the suburbs, yeah. I'm like, why are we doing this? And she'd be like, well, you got to comprehend like the environment you're going to be around is way better long term on top of. The books are way different. You're going to learn so much more out there. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And, you know, I remember I saw a story when I was, like, five. I bought, uh, 
I bought a bowling trophy from a yard sale because I wanted a trophy so bad. Cause my, oh my yeah, because my older brother. That's the same Yeah, he had all these trophies. Yeah, so I went, I grabbed 50 Cent, <laughs> and I went and bought one. And I remember showing her, like, Mom, I got a trophy. And she was like, no, take that back. You, you don't buy trophies. You earn them. Like, legit. Wow. Yeah, she got pissed at me. So I remember just, you know, little things I remember growing up, it really came from her. She caught me in, like, 10 years old, not looking somebody in the eye when I spoke to him. Mm-hmm. And she, like, grabbed me by the shirt and was like, you want to be a man? And I was, like, 10. I'm like, uh, sure. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> not right now. <laughs> yeah, she was like, don't you ever let me catch you not looking a man in his eyes. She's like, men look men in their eyes. Like, so, like, little stuff like that, she always made sure. You know what I'm saying? I love that. Yeah, now, I mean, I, shit, I you guess. You appreciate it now. But at the time, you know, that's yeah. the thing with our parents. I feel like at the time, you're, you know, you're a kid. You're going, and especially through adolescence. And then, like, 13, 14, you're a jerk. At least I was. You're and, a jerk. I mean, I, I remember. I was so difficult. Well, first of all, I'll say why. So, you guys don't know this. I have scoliosis really bad. In my freshman that. year of high school, I had to wear a back brace. Oh. To my freshman year of high so school. So, you're like the female Forrest Gump. I was. <laughs> and I had braces. And my hair is naturally curly. And I didn't know what to do with it. Oh, people are on oh, your ass. It was like, it was American, so bad, guys. It was so bad. So, anyways, that's that's another reason I was a jerk at that time. But, like, your parents at the time, you're like, gosh, they're so annoying. Like, they're trying to teach all this stuff. But then later, it, I swear, it does. It, it's not until you're, like, you're in your 20s. Yeah. You're like, thank you so much yeah, for all right. that. And I'm sorry. No, <laughs> at least that's real. how I feel. That's great. Scoliosis. I went to school. I don't know what she had. Oh, jeez. I don't know oh. what she had. <laughs> I don't know what she had, but she wow, had a brace. Bro. No, 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 no. Like, she had a brace on her leg. And, like, this, I'm not laughing by any means, but we used to be like, damn. Yeah, well, <laughs> you take the heat. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not once this come out. I'm not once this come out. <laughs> so she was bracing her leg, and dudes used to, and like, she used to kind of, like, drag her leg. But, like, I didn't think much of it. I used to be like, oh, that's, I mean, that sucks, but who cares? But she would have an attitude and, like, her, her wall up right away. So sometimes, like, you know, you, she'd be behind you, turn around, you kind of, like, let her through. Yeah. And she'd be you like, know, don't wait for me. No, she'd be like, fuck are you looking at? Like, you'd be like, well, damn, sweetheart. Like, shit, you got a whole lot of attitude. Like, you're you know a little mean there. Yeah, hell are you looking at? Right. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? Now that you say that I can't believe I'm talking about this right now. There's this girl named Tanya who is the kind of a bully. And that's actually going to lead me to my next question today about bullying. She was a bully. And I remember she came up, she's like, why are your pants so high? And I did the same thing. I was like, because I have a back brace. <laughs> I like pulled my shirt up and I like showed it to her. And you I like went got, off. Huh? I did. I went <laughs> off. And I was like, my one time, because like, she'd been, she's mean to everybody. So I was like, I'm going to make her feel like crap because she makes everyone else feel like it. I was like, because of this. She probably didn't care. She didn't care. She's like, okay, weirdo. No, when you're in high school, man, kids are cruel, bro. So sometimes it's like, yo. I be trying to tell so kids, yeah, like, don't bully them. But sometimes I, I got to tell kids, too, like, bro, get in the game. It's either sink <laughs> or swim or just. No, that's true. Or transfer schools. But, Dave, you do a lot of the bullying stuff in, in Portland, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I, yeah, you once, I don't know if you remember this, you and me sat by each other on the bus one time, which um, we had a really a, a meaningful talk about why bullying is so, such a sensitive thing for you. I, if you'd be willing to talk about it, I'd love it. Yeah. Um. So my sophomore year in high school, I went to a private school for – just that year, like uh, not even the whole year. And when I got there, it was a kid. He was kind of like – he wasn't um, in, like, remedial classes, but, I mean, you could tell he was a little slower than, mm-hmm. than like, the other kids. But he was in regular classes. He hung out, like, with all of us. But, like, all the kids there was, like um, 
just more privileged. Like you can tell they came from more wealthy families. And I was from Oakland going there and he was one of the other kids that was like from Oakland, but his parents put him in school there. So he was just always like the butt of the joke. Like he was the easy person to go yeah. after. And it wasn't like he was getting like physically like picked on, but. Verbally could be worse sometimes though. Yeah, yeah of course. it was Especially, like, yeah, somebody catch fire. if on. I got to say, okay, I'm gonna pick on this person or that person and I'm gonna get away with it or is everybody gonna laugh? Like he was always the person that got it. Like somebody say something, everybody laugh and they know he ain't gonna really say nothing back. He gonna kind of just back off. Yeah. And I kind of be around, and they knew not to really mess with me because I gave people that that energy of like, yeah, we all cool and all that, but don't don't bother me. So mm-hmm. it went on for a little bit, and then like eventually, me and him, we start we was catching the bus home together. Like he would have to catch the bus back to Oakland, and we'd be on the same bus, and we'd be sitting near each other. Then one day we started talking, then we started talking more, then we just got cool. And um, I like the more we talked, I started to realize how he like. At the time, he had kind of laugh and be like, man, whatever. And then, like, when he talked about it, I could tell it bothered him. So I was like, all right. I went home one day. I, I told my dad about it, actually. I was like, I might get into a fight at school. I'm just telling you. Wow. And he was like, man, don't be picking no fights or whatever. I ain't really even tell him what it was about. And um, I made my mind up, like, when we go back, if somebody say something to him, I'm saying something. So it got to the point where, like, people would say something to him, and I would automatically just jump in. And me and him, we was kicking it at school. We was just, we started hanging out for real. And um, that was basically where it was like, when I realized how it was really affecting him. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, I'm, I am ain't gonna be a part of that. I ain't, I ain't gonna sit here and watch this happen because people out here committing suicide. Mm-hmm. You know, kids committing suicide from getting picked on because they're ashamed to tell their parents. They embarrassed at school in front of people who they think is their friends. And I kind of just sensed it. And I was like, man, this, I come from like a family of protectors. So I automatically took like that protector yeah. role. And even if that meant physical or getting in trouble, I was like, that's what it's going to be. You know, I even, I had like a real altercation in the library at that school behind him. And I was kind of like the last, that was like the end of me being at that school because the dude was like just picking on him. He was at a computer, the dude clicking off his, clicking off the website he owned and like Ugh. messing with the keyboard and all that. I just walked up and just pushed the dude in the back. Boom, pushed him over the table and he like stood up like he was going to do something. And I just stood my ground like, do something. Yeah. Like, I'm ready to get kicked out. <laughs> like, <do something. laughs> I already told my dad. <laughs> they, I'm ready to get kicked out. And he kind of just backed down or whatever. And That's crazy. They came in there, he went to the office, Saturday school and all that stuff. But it was like a, it was like weeks of stuff like that. You know, people was trying to like get on my case about, you know, you hanging out with, with Garrett, you hanging out with G Smooth and all this stuff. So, and they, they just knew, you know, those kids, they just knew, but you know, that was where it started. And and tell us like where you've taken it. A lot of people know already, but what you do now. Um, so after that I did, um, from like from that point on, I started to do Special Olympics. I actually went to school when I was 17, I started doing Special Olympics. And um, that was the same thing, just realizing the impact that it had on them. You know, they really, those sure. kids really yeah. appreciative of stuff like that. And you never realize it because you're like, I'm not nobody to to be excited over, to, you know what I'm saying, to mm-hmm. be here, but they was. And so I started doing that when I was 17. Then when I got to the NBA, I started um anti-bullying campaign. And I started at, like, elementary schools and middle schools. And then um, – we had like an impact at those schools. So eventually I was like, I changed it to the respect campaign. And that was when I got to like high schools. And now I'm still like speaking at high schools. And oh yeah, all the time I see it all the time. Doing all the, um, 
basically giving them incentives, you know, and turning that into like results from attendance and graduation rates and um, stuff like that. So it's kind of, um, that's what it's turned into. I even did another uh, campaign respect, um, what was it called? It was like two years ago. Um, respect it? <laughs> no, it was like- Put respect uh, on it. In the word. <laughs> I forget what it was. it was, but it was basically saying not to use the, the R word, not to use the word retarded. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's um, crazy when people... I can't believe people still say it. Yeah. You still hear it every once in a while. I'm like, seriously? That's, that's really cool. Started. It's. Uh, I love that story. Because yeah. think of, like, you've changed his life. You know what I mean? Like, that... I know, what, what could have happened. I mean, were you... Like, I just remember, like... Again, kids were rough. I, mean, I, was, I was both. Like I, I, I always obviously because of my voice, I got bullied all the time. Oh jeez. Yeah, but it didn't. I mean, it didn't really. It bothered me. Like when I was a kid, maybe I was like eight or nine, mm-hmm. where I would go to new schools or whatever. So I would have to, you know, it, it take me time to adjust sure. on top of it. So then I, I had a brother that was a year older than me, so I would adjust. And then you know, I went to high school. You know, our high school kids, I would go up and down again. You know, yeah. I would get bullied or like I have friends we tell jokes to, but. You know, only time I can only ever remember, I was like a freshman, I'd always be a senior dude. He came by like my first couple of weeks and would try to like slap my books down or like throw my like throw my stuff. That out really the happens. Yeah, but you know, obviously I had to address it the way I had to address it mm-hmm. or whatever, and then that was pretty much it. But you know, it's it kind of I don't know. I, I kind of not saying like grew up getting used to it, but you, you know, you just kind of. It's like ribbon. You figure out how to yeah, maneuver. Yeah, like sometimes you go to school, you might wear something, people are just writing on, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. But, you know, obviously I think it's like whoever can, you know, it's, it should never be to a point where, you know, like like what Dame said, you know, about G Smooth, like it should never be to that point where somebody's going home crying or somebody's totally. going home, you know, at, I, at, at that level. And um, obviously kids are going to be kids, but, you know, it. It's yeah. just not good. It's yeah. not cool. I remember, so I won the Citizenship Award, not bragging. Oh, that's a <laughs> shocker. I would never guess. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember this one time, and then I got other stuff to talk about, but just let me share my one story. I, because remember when you were in PE, and you had, the, like, you put your PE shirt on, right? Yeah. And then you have your clothes in there, and and then there was, like, a, a, a pile of lost and found, like, if you left stuff in there, Right. No. Yeah, okay. I did. I really okay. That. So this one time, I like had left something. I left a shirt, and I was walking down the hall. It was Salk. She was junior high, even wasn't even high school. It was eighth grade, and I saw this girl wearing my shirt. And for some odd reason, I got real tough. Like I, I don't know what came over. You knew me. you was right. I did. <laughs> but, shit back, right? but I walked up. I was like, "That's my shirt." She's like, "No, it's not." I was like, "That's my shirt." And I remember I had written my name on. The, I don't know why, but I had written my name on the tag. What a weird thing to do. So I like leaned over and like pulled the shirt to look at the tag and it was cut off. And I was like, that's my shirt. You cut it off. And, for, and I just got real like angry. And I, I thought like, again, I thought I was a tough kid. And from that mo- moving on, like later, I was like, well, she probably needed that shirt. Like maybe yeah. she needed that shirt. So it bothered me my whole life. I found her on social media on Facebook like 10 years wow. ago, found her, wrote her a long direct message about how sorry I was. And I remember this, I mean, I came up to you and I pulled the shirt and I've, I've felt bad about it ever since. And I'm so sorry. And she responds, she's like, I don't even remember that. <laughs> I was like, no, I didn't never have. I was like, oh my God, else. I think about it every day. <laughs> That's crazy. About the loss. I knew, we had a kid at our school. Shout out Arthur Horn. What up, baby? Um, <laughs> so his name is Lil Leg. This is going... Against. Little leg, come on, bro. <laughs> bro no, look, his name call- was Little Leg. No, but his, he he, <laughs> he called himself Little he Leg. He called himself Little Leg. Nobody knew what his name was. What was this? It's little Leg. <laughs> little, yeah. Nobody knew what his name was up until like we were at assembly one day, and um, he got a war for something. They were like, 
uh, Arthur Horn. Everybody's like, who? And it's like, Lil Leg. Like, so whatever. So Lil Leg was like. <laughs> Call him by his proper yeah, name, Lil, Lil Leg. At this time, Lil Leg was like 4'8", four, 4'8". Four I went to a small high school, so it's kind of like family oriented. Right. So like, they only knew you by like, what Your you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah no, so whatever. So my best, you know, Dorian, my best friend Dorian, he, he's like looking for his coat. He's like, fam. I don't even know what my Carhartt coat jacket is. You know, back in the day, that was Carhartt. a big deal. Yeah, so, <laughs> so you see Lil Leg coming to gym or whatever, right? I'm like, bro, you better go, go check the lost and found. And then uh, <laughs> I'm like, you better go check the lost and found. And I thought about it. I'm like, bro, Lil Leg told me he be going through a lost and found for his new gear. So Lil Leg came in. He's probably four foot eight. He probably wore a size seven do hat on size eleven Air Force Ones, beat up. <laughs> and then we go find Lil Leg. He got on a Carhartt, right? So Doran's like, "Bro, you don't take my shit off, bro. Give my jacket back." He's like, you "Got my keys and everything up in there." So like, the Lost and Found, where you can come up at for real. You for can real. no, you can dress yourself for a year in the Lost and Found, yeah, and I mean, if you don't really care if there's any like you know symmetry to your you outfit. Just gotta watch out for ringworm and all that stuff. <laughs> that's yeah, that's very true. That. Yeah, but shout out to Lil Leg though. Lil Leg was Where, like, where's Lil Leg today? I mean, I don't last time I saw Lil Leg dead ass, right? <laughs> so we used, to take, we used to take the bus home, right? So bus where Lil Leg was going, <laughs> he was seventy five it was seventy five cent, right? So Lil Leg come to the bus stop with like three snacks and stuff, right? So he said, like, I ain't got no cash for the bus. I definitely have no extra change. I would have gave it to Lil Leg, but everybody at the bus stop was like, boy, you got all them snacks. You're like, you SOL, right? Yeah, at so least I, trade the snacks so for people cash. Gave, so people hop on the bus. I was going to my homie's house to hoot, so people hop on the bus and stuff. So they dead ass left Lil Leg on the bus stop. So, <laughs> so this like 3.15. I go hoop at my homie's house. I'm on my way home to like, probably like, probably like, 6 p.m. I'm, I'm I'm on a bus and after driving down, I still see Lil Leg walking home. Like you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so bad. So still ain't made it. Made to the crib. I'm damn Lil Leg. So I see him the next morning. I said, "Dang G, like, what time did you get home? What happened?" He's like, "Man, I walked all the way to the crib." And I just like kind of started laughing. He's like, "You think it's funny, man? My Lil Leg be getting tired. Like, <laughs> <laughs> my Lil Leg get tired, fam. I, he's like, I, I, I low key wasn't gonna make it to school today, but like Lil Leg, he." I think that's Soldier. like straight so he tried out for the hoop team and everything, bro. Didn't make it. He ain't make it, bro, but little dude had some heart to him, bro. Arthur <laughs> Horn, what up, baby? At least he had snacks on the walk home. Yeah, nah, but man, them kids, now that was cold. Kids like, hell no, boy. Like, you want to snacks? I just thought of a funny story from, Tell me, bro, from, I, getting, from getting recruited. I love stories. Man. So, we love stories here. Yeah. So before, uh, when I came back from like the Washington State camp, right? Oh, you're bringing me back. I'm going to get sad again. We came back, so I, I wasn't getting recruited. Like, I didn't have no, like, I gotta, I'm going to reach out to Tony Bennett and tell him so, what a jerk he is. He'll remember. Monica Wright type stuff. But it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't a big deal. So, uh, my coach, my AAU coach, Raymond Young, is like like a, another dad to mm-hmm. me. He was trying so hard to get us recruited because nobody on our team was getting recruited. Mm-hmm. So, he was like, man, I got my, I got a coach from Loyola, Chicago. Loyola. Uh, he was like, I got a coach <laughs> from Loyola, Chicago. He just got real excited here in Chicago. Uh, coming coming to Oakland, man. They looking for a, a guard in y'all class. Um, he just coming to look. And, you know, guarantee nobody getting recruited. He just want to come watch. And um, he was like, so basically he was like, all the best guards from the OAL, that's like the Oakland Athletic League. Gotcha. He was like, all y'all, we're just going to put y'all in the gym. We're going to work out and y'all going to play one-on-one. And this basically for a chance to get recruited. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> like the Hunger like, Games. <laughs> he was like, it's basically for a chance to get recruited. And like, we all showed up at Fremont High School 
and it was like neutral ground for all of us and there wasn't at none of our schools and like we was in there about to kill each other i'm talking about like it was the best guards from our league like we um we was in there about to kill each other. Well, yeah, you're fighting for your no, life. But th- but that's what makes. I mean, but at the end of the day, that, that's like what sharpens your iron. Like for, for real, real, for like, real. We was about to kill each other. We was all friends. Like we grew up together. Not you were friends that day. Dead. No, nah, but the odds of like coming from that or like you know surviving that in certain instances. I always remember if I ever got nervous in a situation, it's like, bro, I went from like not being known and like trying to force my way into a situation to. Yeah. Growing levels of like the random odds of making it to the NBA. It's like, man, those are like, those are like the real type gladiator type battles. Defining yeah. moments. You know what I'm saying? Life. Or like moments where my mom would be like, you know, good luck and everything. You could tell like it's like a big moment. Yeah. Don't screw it up. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You're going against some of the top players in the state or you're going against like Derrick Rose or whoever. It's like, man, it's either sink or swim, baby. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's did you sink or did enough. you swim? I, they ended up recruiting me. There like, you he go. ended up calling. So, but like, in those moments, like you was just saying, like yeah. I don't, I'm not even gonna say I get nervous. I just always remind myself whenever I get in a situation, I tell myself I'm from Brookfield. There you go. It's that simple. It's a mindset. That You're you not just... about to scare me with no basketball or he this good or he that good or you gonna play bad. Like I'm from I'm from Brookfield. Hey guys, it's Allie here taking a quick little break to talk about our friends over at Patron. We bring a lot of topics to the table on this show, but wouldn't it be great? If one of these days someone just brought a bottle of Patron, I mean, tis the season, am I right? From craft cocktails to Patron on ice, tequila doesn't get any more premium than Patron. Pick some up on the way to your next party to raise the bar this holiday season. And of course, the perfect way to enjoy Patron is responsibly. So now in the NBA, has there ever ever been a time that you guys have felt, not nervous, or maybe nervous, but like intimidated playing somebody, just never, you don't have that feeling? I was never intimidated. Even when you were a rookie and you were playing so much. My rookie year, my very first game was against Kobe and Dwight Howard and (laughs) Steve Nash and all them. And I went into the game, like, I had butterflies because it was my first (laughs) game. I was like, oh, it's my first NBA game. But I had, like, literally no, I wasn't scared or worried at all. I was just like, it's gonna be what it's gonna be. Yeah, I always think like, yeah, my first game, I was, I was more like anxious. And my first game was didn't you, didn't you guard LeBron your first yeah, game? Yeah, like the Heatle. So like, that's when like the I new, was more offended yeah. than anything that people was like, yeah, you playing against this person and they. You're like, and yeah. I was so delusional that I was like, I don't care who I'm playing against. <laughs> Ain't no, I'm not fit to be scared of nobody. Yeah, <laughs> that's just out. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't give a damn. Yeah, who I don't they think are. you really. You, I think if you, if you make it to the NBA, you play enough where you don't ever get scared. And yeah. The, and then the level, I mean, when it comes down to once you hit college, it's more mental than it is yeah. anything else. And and that's pretty much it. But, <laughs> then, like, but, I mean, like, you grow up admiring certain players, right? Like, that's my guy. And then, like, yeah, the like fact players. that you're playing against them has to be surreal a little bit. I know it's surreal, no, but it's not, yeah, it's not that's scary. True. I mean, like, obviously, you, you comprehend, like, I guess like only thing that like could be like a little wary is like not knowing because you don't have experience. Yeah. Or, like being scared of that individual. Like, no, you just you just gotta make sure it's sink or swim. Like honestly, or else you don't get invited back to play the next <laughs> year. Like you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I get it, but I mean, I'm just it, it's, it very much impresses me because I can. I mean, you guys, there's only a handful of people that can make it to the NBA. Like there are a handful that That's is true. good enough to play. And just the fact that you're playing against the best and someone that maybe you grow up like that's that that's the best player ever. I mean, I've got I I would be I would be freaked out. No, of course. That's how I thought. Like LeBron, I was a big LeBron fan, but I was just he's a big like, fan of yours. When I came to the league, I was just like 
I'm still a fan, but so whatever. Yeah, you yeah, just gotta compete. And but you know, I, to attest to that or whatever, I remember um, Isaiah Thomas, the older one, not yeah. the younger one. He gave a speech to us when I was at like the leadership program during like the they were on the NBA programs or whatever. And um, he was talking to me uh, or talking to us, and he's saying like, you should be confident and well equipped for anything you want to do in life because think about what you've done to get here, like the the odds of making it to the NBA on top of the levels and pressures you have to do it at. Like yeah. every single night you have to play at six tenths of a second. Yeah. You have to make a decision at six tenths of a second in front of millions of people. Mm-hmm. It's like a lot of these CEOs and stuff, when they make mistakes or whatever else, most people don't even know their faces. And it does in private and it's here today and then it's just gone. In sports, you, you can sometimes have billions of people mm-hmm. watching you play in, in, in high pressure situations where you have to think six tenths of a second. That's true. So you say, don't ever let them believe you're not capable or, or equipped for a job because at the end of the day, what you put your body through on top of what you put your mind through, mm-hmm. it's, a rare, it's a rare combination. Yeah, and you, you know, know what's what interesting too is that you, when you talk about faces, like, you know, they know your faces, even more so, I think basketball in particular, oh, yeah, of course, like yeah. NFL, we, you know, people talk all the time that they got, you got yeah, helmets you on. They don't know the quarterback. Know and that's, yeah. yeah, pretty much. Everybody yeah. sees your faces. It's, it's, yeah. it's five on five. Yeah. So people, it, even the scrutiny is probably higher because they, yeah. they like, they, oh, they, they see your faces, at, you know, five on five. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's no, what I always think about. Yeah, no, I just think when it comes down to it, just, you get, you know, you get numb to a lot of stuff. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And sometimes eventually what certain situations where you're in, in arenas of 25,000 people or 20,000 people, you just seem like you're just playing and just your yeah. teammates and the coaches. You so know you have to think. I was just, that leads me to something else. So when we talk about scrutiny a little bit and just like people feel like they know you, like you guys are really good. I mean, you're very active on social media, but you know, how do you deal with the haters? Like the, the people that are just, you know, and they're like, we joke, like in their mom's basement. I don't, I don't know about your Dane. If you ever see Dane's face, he he kind. It seems like you try to count to ten on trying not to. Not, not you can like, clap back every no, once in a while. No, no, though. he can't. But like I'm saying, like snap, like like I always feel like if, like when people come up and say something off the wall, Dane, or like I'll see somebody kind of like invade his space every now and then. I'm like, come on, please. I'm like, bro, he like. I'd be like, bro, like, slow down. Like this. <laughs> you talk him off the ledge? Yeah, I, no, no, not even like talk him off the ledge. I'll just like inform people, like, hey, bro, like, dude. Yeah. He only, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, it's he, all silly. Yeah, yeah, no, he, he likes his space. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, me, I just, on social media, I'll, I'll talk shit with you. Like, yeah. if you say something crazy to me, it ain't go like, it don't hurt my feelings. So I, I'm willing to say something crazy. Not, yeah. not nothing crazy, something smart or something slick yeah. back yeah. to you. Shut I, down. I just say something slick back to you, and that'd be it. But like, I never really care for people to be like, "Oh, if, if it didn't bother you, you wouldn't say nothing." And I just be like, "I don't really care." You know yeah. what I'm saying? But like he just said, when it's like in person, or like if somebody is like irritating me, or yeah. if somebody like overstepping, like I was saying earlier, like people, I think people feel my feel my vibe. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I talk, I talk to you, I'll be cool. But like once I feel like it's going past where I wanted to go, yeah. I'm gonna let you know it's going past where I wanted to go. Yeah. <laughs> that, that almost happened. What was it like two weeks ago? You and I were at practice on the road, and you had two dudes. I don't even know who they wrote for. I think it was like students. Then the one guy was like, "I have a question for you. It's really important. Do you remember when Steph Curry gave that alley oop to Dirk Nowitzki oh, yeah. in the 2012 like, All Star game? I don't remember that. <laughs> You're like, like, I don't remember that. And he had the year wrong. And then, but he was so patient. And then the next guy, I was, I sat there. I told you this name. I sat yeah. there because I was kind of like. 
do I need to step in here? Yeah, nah, yeah, I wanted to like protect him a little bit. Like, what are you guys, you're wasting his time. And then this other guy comes up. He's like, what did you think of that Nike Ka- Kaepernick, Kaepernick commercial? I was like, you know, he he's an Adidas guy. He was so patient and he answered it. And then I thought if the guy was going to ask another, I was going to be like, okay, we're done here. And then thank God he walked away. But like, I could se- I could sense what you're talking about where you're like, yeah, no, okay. Of course. He's like, bro, is this yeah, no, of course. <laughs> I, I get people the benefit of the doubt, yeah. but then like that was a little much. Yeah, I yeah. somewhat laugh at everything. Like I, I'm in my own world so much. Like if anybody says anything, I'm just like, oh, okay, yeah, bat, bat. Like, but there was a time in Orlando this past year. So like, if you heckle me during a game, I don't care whatsoever. Yeah. So in Orlando, for some reason, outside the locker room, they allow you to sign. They allowed it. That's where the fans can be signing. They be autograph. standing right there. Yeah, so I'm signing autographs and stuff. So I hear somebody like. Oh, I'm a turn number two pick. How'd that work out? Like, you know, I didn't think oh, much geez. of it. Then he kept going on and on. So it was like four minutes that went by. I'm signing autographs and I'm looking at him. It's like just some random dude trying to be cool in front of his oh, friends. Oh, so annoying. So I'm there locker room. Something, yo, you come here real quick. Yeah, if you want to talk, come to my face. No, yeah, no. So shout out to <laughs> the Orlando security guy. Like, Let me in the locker room real quick. So we go in the locker room. You took him in the locker room with you? Yeah, and I was oh, yeah. no way. Yeah, and I was just like. rich. Yeah, so I was just like, yo, what's up? We got a problem? And, like, his friend low-key was like, yeah, talk, like, talk all that shit you were just talking a second ago. Good. Just, his yeah, friend so turned I'm, on him. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, yo, yo, we got a problem, bro? Oh, no, bro, I was just like, nah, like, it's not funny now. Like, just a second ago, you want to be, like, cutesy out there. So, no, you got to comprehend my heckler. I'm like, that's during a game. The game's over. Yeah. Right. Like, you know what I'm good saying? Good for you. It, no, it's not a good for you type thing. Somebody else way somebody <laughs> else way more hostile would have slapped him, choked him, do whatever. Like I'm trying to say this, man. No, I'm impressed. So I'm sitting there like, bro, so like, do we have a problem? And he's like, no, I'm just saying it's heck like, bro, the game is over, G. Like, regardless of which, like, I'm not trying to say like I'm this and the other, but like I'm a man before anything. Like, you're not gonna talk to me any type of way. He's like, no, I dig you. So I'm like, apologize. He's like, come on. So I'm like, bro, I apologize. Like, so I straight up <laughs> I straight up like invade his face, like, bro, apologize. I'm, not, I'm sorry. I'm like, all right, then, bro. We smooth. Like, it's all good. I dapped him up, and I was like, bro, but, oh my but I was like, gosh. you bumping into somebody else that has a that, that was upset or had like a, a worse day or is yeah. Doesn't you're, have you're much. lucky it's me that you're. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. like, bro, I don't want you getting like messed up over a dumbass game, and then like it could be a 250 pound dude who hits you in the face, and now now you yes. <laughs> now you're out, and then I go out. People, or, they don't deal with stuff in reality. Yeah, they don't, and I don't think you ever cross. They them. go to a game and think it's 2K. Yeah, like, oh, they just playing <laughs> basketball. They yeah. they can't hear us. They can't think. Like no, nah. no, of course. So then That's we go crazy. out. Yeah, we go out in the hallway, and his boy's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You weren't saying all this. You know, it was, <laughs> it was funny. His boy instigates like. And this is girl. This girl's like, can I get a picture with you? Oh, oh this my your God. That's I swear amazing. to God, word to mother. Took, and she's like, no, that's not my boyfriend. Took a picture <gasps> of him. He stormed off. Oh, everything. that's the funniest thing I've ever heard in my whole life. You know how the streets go. <laughs> I know how the streets go. Well, the Dame, you proved that heckling can, you know, be, yeah, what game? be a oh, bad, a be a bad thing. Again. Orlando <laughs> people got it bad, man. That was Orlando again. And, and they, oh, it was Orlando. Yeah. yeah I'm, What's up with the people in Orlando? That well, they Obama Florida, song got them turned up or something. Something going on. It's going out. Shout, shout out to Disney World. Too. Disney World. Real quick, um, I want to know, Dame, your history with ET. Like, did you know him before he came to the team? Mm-mm. What were your initial thoughts and what, how so you guys you rolling now? From Adam. <laughs> <laughs> like from nothing. I mean, I just didn't know. I knew about him as a player, just from like college and um, high school. And even like in the NBA, I knew I knew about him. I didn't. I didn't really know him that well though. Our mutual friend Tim Frazier, though, he's really. Oh, Tim did tell me Tim when, Frazier when he Chronicles, was in Boston. Shout out. Yeah. When Tim was in Boston, he told me he used to be at ET house all the time. Like he was the first person to tell me, like, man, he cool. 
And at first, I was like, I seen a few of his interviews. He seemed like he kind of crazy a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people think like I remember a lot of people say, yeah, you kind of come off as an asshole or something. I used to be like, I didn't really? think, think he was an asshole. I was just like, he seemed like he just was kind of just a just random. Like yeah. he'd do anything. And then I, D Wright played in Philly with him. Me and D Wright were real cool. Yeah. And D Wright was like, yeah, he gonna have some episodes, cause <laughs> he gonna have some episodes. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna just be prepared for. It. For whatever, so. And has he had some episodes? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but he's hilarious, isn't he? I mean, yeah. he'll never be bored. Yeah, he's nah, a funny dude, man. <laughs> no, nah, so when when they had called like the night of uh, free agency and stuff, because I never really, you know, Dame kind of minds his business, so we never even had like a like kind of like a hey, what's up, bro, type yeah. type situation. <laughs> so when Coach Stops is on phone, my head was up, you know, yeah, I do that. You talk, and they're like, you know, Dane's here. I'm like, Dane's here. Like, shit. Oof, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Dane's there. He's like, yeah, you know, big fan, everything. Like, man, it's you lying like hell. We never right. had not one conversation. He's like, definitely glad to have you. I'm like, I don't know about this. <laughs> but You're I, lying, Dane. No, yeah, I always did like it. I like this game. Yeah, but we never, ever had, like, we never had any type of, like, I'm talking about never even, like, a. What's like up? A, yeah, nah, like, you know, it wasn't anything ever negative, but, like, once you get to know Dame, he's hella focused on the game and stuff on top of, hey, we, we kind of have the same relationship or same mentality. Like, a lot of dudes in the NBA, like, I respect Dame a lot, too, because it's kind of like the same thing with, like, Lou Williams. Like, we hang out with who we like. We don't hang out with who's cool or, like, yeah. whatever else. So, like, when it came down to it, you know, you bump into a lot of NBA dudes and they're around each other because – their, their jerseys are selling just as much as the yeah. next man. So, I, you know, I definitely always respect it. Or some popular stuff. Yeah, some popular stuff. Yeah, like, pop, yeah, popular I know stuff. this person. I hang out yeah. with that. You know? So, I seen him and, like, Tim super, like, tight. I was like, oh, well, Tim's a good dude, so Dame knows, you know, good people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or on top of when I first came to, uh, first came, you know, first came to, like, my signing stuff, Dame's in the gym, and he's doing what I would do with his people. Like, I'm. He's talking to all my friends that couldn't do anything for him and treat him like gold. And like, man, that's Dane nice. was sitting here like, asking me how I was doing and stuff. I'm like, that's legit because, I, you know, yeah. you're people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, for sure. and, and that was pretty much, that's pretty much it. Then we got, you know, a couple of locker room discussions where I seemed like the odd man out on my stances. Dane was like, hey, bro, I feel the exact same way. Like, you know what I'm saying? In yeah. certain instances. And then we realized we were later on a lot of topics. And then that's when we became, you know what I'm saying, became yeah, cool. Yeah, for sure. So that was. The rest was history. The rest, yeah. was, rest was history. This is my, my last random question. I'll let you guys go. So, you know, like conspiracy, this is super random, conspiracy theories. Like I, I was just. I love conspiracies. Well, that's, I, that's Man, where I thought you might go with that. Much. So Steph Curry came out yesterday, said that he doesn't think we went to the moon. And there was the whole, the earth is flat situation with, you know who. Do you what when you say you love conspiracy theories? Do you believe them or you just love hearing about them? I believe some of them, but the ones that the NBA like to discuss just don't interest me. Like <laughs> the Earth is flat, and yeah, who, anybody who, been to the moon? I don't care about that type of shit. I like what happened to Tupac. Yeah, that is that, that is. I know what, what happened, happened to him. Oh, of course, the team knows. I mean, what like what happened to him? What happened to Easy E? What JFK? And Martin Luther King got like, shot three times. All that stuff, like I want to know, like not just the, we know what happened, but I want to know who where it came, who said Why? it, up, who was a part How? of it, like all that type of stuff. They said the mob killed JFK, and those was like the ultimate examples, like Marilyn Monroe. I knew you were gonna say that. The mob killed her too. Shout out to the mob. I don't have no. The mob killed her, or the Kennedys did. The, the, 
can, can I say I know she was messing around more than one Kennedy. She was. And shout she's out married to Marilyn to Joe Monroe. DiMaggio. Oh, shout out to Joe DiMaggio. Let me tell the story about <laughs> Joe DiMaggio. So after she died, Joe DiMaggio was sending. He the one that had to handle all the stuff at the funeral. Yeah, but he was sending flowers to her grave once a week. Wow. Ain't that beautiful? It's gorgeous. But it's they, really beautiful. So they said that, okay, this is what I was told. I can't tell my sources. Shout, <laughs> shout out to the mob. All of, shout out to Tony Soprano, all them dudes. And um, shout out to Carl Maniscalco, Sammy Maniscalco, that whole family too. So, um, and Tommy Tenerella, what up? So, so basically, they were saying that one, shit, what were we talking about? The, uh, Marilyn Monroe. Okay, yeah. back. So they <laughs> So they said that obviously Marilyn Monroe was going to come out and, and expose that she was dealing with JFK. Right. So JFK was a you know a family man or whatever else. So basically, like, yo, we can't you know I mean we can't yeah. have that happen. Yeah. So basically, when they did like an autopsy, they gave her a hot shot. The same thing they did with Sonny Liston basically. So the hot shot, like the little needle, like the little, mm-hmm. it was like none of the drugs she did. So they said the mob was responsible for that. Then he said the mob also was responsible for killing JFK because I guess what happened in Illinois, that was like the teetering of uh, JFK getting elected. So when he got elected or whatever else, mm-hmm. you know, they ended up taking down some mob families or whatever. So that's basically like. So they took him down? It's, yeah, of course. Payback. Jeez, that's mob, what I the heard. The mob was legit back that's what in I the heard. day. Yeah, the mob, that's what I heard. That's what I heard. So don't listen. Like, <laughs> now, you, now, if you repeat that story, do it at your own. And, and it's all. <laughs> No and one will ever hear this story. No, yeah, right. Nobody ever hear it. And it's all sensitivity towards those families, too. Shout out to JFK. And uh, I was just telling uh, Seth Curry, him and his brother could be like John and Robert, but they, <laughs> but they, um, they was hella. Like, never mind. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm all about conspiracies, just so not the ones th- that they love to talk about. What do you think happened to Pac or Easy? Yeah, that's what I want to know. I didn't see too many stories. I didn't spend long nights on YouTube with both of them. Internet searching both. What did you come to? Part of me is is he still alive? No. Okay. Tupac is too too loud. He was too loud of a person to just go away for this long. It's been twenty two years. I think Pac was set up. I don't think it was as just they jumped somebody and it was tied to gang. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it was tied to like it was gang related, but. I think it was deeper than what they tried to put off. Like, oh, he beat up, he, they jumped the crib, and he came back and shot him right after that. Yeah. Like, I don't think it was that simple. No, nah, because Tupac was, he's basically like a, he's a forced time, mind, mentally, how he's preaching everything. He's revolutionary. And, you know, obviously, that's what that's what scares the, the structure of what America sure. is set I feel up. like. Yeah, like a Fred Hammond type individual. That's Malcolm what I X. think. So who do you think then? The government. The go- what? I think they I were part of it. I think no. it's way deeper than... You think the government killed Tupac? I don't think the government like. How I'm do you not, not know? Government, who, yeah. But I think it was it was him? much deeper than some street some street beef. Some okay, street, like, so it was okay. Like wow. Tupac, they said I watched the interview from the the first the first responder, and um, there was a guy said he came. He said Tupac. They pulled Tupac out the car. He was still alive. They put him. They laid him on the ground. They said he was laying there. And the cop was like asking him, like, Pac, you okay? You okay? And they said Pac was like looking at his friends, like looking around, like he wasn't responding to him. So he was just ignoring him. And then he said, Who he asked him, like, who did this to you? And he said, Pac looked at him and said, Fuck you. <gasps> like oh Pac God, said that to the to like the cop. So I'm like, 
Something like it's that on Pac was alive like five days after that. He was alive for a while, so I'm yeah. like, man, usually like I don't know, you never know what gunshot wounds, but still. Yeah, like, of course. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna YouTube it tonight also. No, well, you lock your door too. That shit gets <laughs> dark now. Also, conspiracies. Do you know who Dick Gregory is? The fat dude. No, no he made the, he made the drink. He was like a health. He, yeah, so, the diet, the diet, the diet. Yeah, so oh, yes, I do. Bring me some of that Dick Gregory. <laughs> Dick Gregory. So, look, Dick Gregory was a comedian in like the 40s. Okay. Like way back. Uh, Frank Sinatra got him like gigs in like the, the popular like nightclubs and stuff like that Vegas to where he started making money. Oh, blue eyes. So, they like, so he like was in. So, he was like tight with like Michael Jackson. Prince, Quincy Jones, probably. Quincy Jones, um, Martin Luther King. Like uh, he's like, if you if you YouTube his name, he's like got stories and information about like a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about and like what really happened. Yeah. And he's so like he was much older. He died last year. He was much like really really old, but he was around for a lot of stuff and like dealing directly with it. So he had a lot of information yeah. and he's doing interviews proving like. He's proving stuff like on camera, wow. like this is how this happened. You got to think about it. They said this, and like he just talked about how it's like two Donald Trumps. He like saying all kind of stuff, and it's like I believed a lot of it. I believed a lot of it, and a lot of it is like related to like conspiracies. And then he became like this health guru. So he was a comedian. He was like a consultant to all these people, like all these like icons. Mm-hmm. And then he becomes his health guru, and he's like healthy, like this healthy old man. And then last year he like died from like, Randomly. from like some. It was like some like health like situation. He was old, so it could be. But whatever. you think he was? But he like he would the the seek the stuff he was giving up. Whoa! And it was like low level interviews. It wasn't like he was like interviewing on TV. Yeah. It was just like he's sitting in the room with like somebody that he wanted to give the information right, to. Right, right. And like. He was giving them like information. So you think that he was too? I think fl- he was killed. He, he, no, that or like I mean, I'm not saying he was killed. What, who was it? The Doctor Edie dude or C- Sebi or you Doctor Sebi? Yeah, Sebi. They said the same thing. Like he was having cures for everything and you costing guys. the government money, man. When you coming up with yeah. all that, like oh or my even gosh. sometimes shout out to uh, my dude Mustafa. But if you ever, if you ever listen to a Minister Farrakhan interview, I do listen to him. Yeah, story. I listen to him, like a lot of them, and it's like they try to make it seem like it's a blacks hate white type society. Like, that dude is really dropping knowledge, and he's. I remember watching him on the Breakfast Club, obviously, and um, he's like, you know, a lot of people don't comprehend. They don't want me speaking at college, and college is spreading this knowledge because they're trying to make me seem like a a, a rebel or like a Somebody's yeah. spreading hate, and I'm not spreading hate. I'm spreading the truth. I'm spreading knowledge. I'm, I'm spreading my times with respected figures. He's telling a story about like with Robert Kennedy, and you know what I'm saying how they're trying to give when you when you're a kid or whatever, when you're a newborn baby, they're giving out vaccines to young black males, yeah. and it's supposed to it's proven to make them weaker over. You know what I'm saying? Just oh little my things gosh, like this that. A, you guys are like blowing my mind right now. Hey man, we go can, YouTube Dick Gregory. Go, hey, go watch Black Klansman too. Okay. Shout out Spike Lee. You got all this, everyone? And John David Washington. You don't look like your daddy, but you sound like him. And you did your thing. <laughs> all right, you guys. That, that That's a great way to end this. I'm totally freaked out. I'm going to lock my door. And I'm scared. <laughs> and go Weaver State. No, the Weaver State. The Weaver, the Weaver State. State from now on. <laughs> you, Dane could have been a coog. I'll never, I'll never get well, over it. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's how it goes, right? Thank you guys so much, Dame. Thank you for Thanks. taking the time. Thanks for pulling up, man.
we're gonna you. we're gonna just blow up now, ET. We're just gonna be taking over. We gotta get the, it, it, it's going out. We gonna we gonna get we gonna get there, and then I'm uh what's it, Kelly and Michael, and I'm gonna pull a Kelly and Michael <laughs> on. You know, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly and Michael. No, Michael quit. And now it's Kelly and Ryan Seacrest. Oh, You're Ryan, Ryan Seacrest. Seacrest. Ryan You're Ryan Seacrest. Ryan Seacrest is, is really, he made moves. Kevin Kardashian. All right, I they're walking out. So this is the time where I say thanks for listening to Road Trip, and we will see you next thanks, time. Yes. Hey, Road Trippin' fans, don't forget, we're working with a t-shirt company that you may have seen around, Homage. They're the ones that are responsible for LeBron's ultimate warrior shirt and many of the college designs you see on tees. As they pay homage to great moments in sports and inspiring stories, go check out their NBA Jam tees at homage.com. You're sure to be inspired and we'll get a kick out of their special design for Richard and Channing, along with three other designs specific to the Road Trippin' fam. Get them while they're still in stock at homage.com.